Hello and welcome to the Engineering YouTube and podcast. I'm Paul, your host. This podcast is all about Porsche and the cars and the people and the technology and the engineering that goes behind it. You'll find your Porsche stories, which is us, me, talking to you about your Porsche, your journeys and your life experiences with those cars. Tech Talk, which is all about the technical aspects of Porsche. Waffle, which is just me whistering on about basically anything with some friends. And Heritage, which looks at the entire journey of Porsche from the earliest days to the present day. If that sounds interesting to you, then stick around. Welcome back to the Engineering YouTube and podcast, and welcome to episode 33. And I'm not on my own for once. Mick, hello. Hello, Paul. <laughs> Um, Mick got in touch midweek and said, uh, do we fancy doing a podcast together? And we bounced the idea around every now and again. But um, I think the last one was Chris just running it to Christmas. Yeah, just, just before uh, 20, 21st, I think it was. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah we had Nathan, Nathan with us yeah. as well. But it's not Christmas anymore. No. Everything's calmed down. We've got the kind of blue Monday out of the way. And yeah, we're now into mid-Feb yeah. almost. So... How are you though? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, and yourself? I'm all right. I'm, I must. I must say, um, I listened to the podcast with Michael hashtag mm. 30, number thirty one. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Me and him have got quite a lot in common. Um, Subaru wise, and moving into Porsche and Caymans and stuff like that. So yeah, I really enjoyed mm. that. Um, and I also agree with him that the the newer Subarus aren't have got no haven't got as much character as the old. The older ones have got tons of character. You know, and, yeah. I, and I find character with cars comes from things that are probably wrong with them. So yeah, so yeah. Um, the my I had a bug eye Scooby, uh, yeah. loved it to bits. First time I put my foot into the Axminster, nothing happened. It just revved up really slowly, and then it got to about three and a half thousand revs, and then it was Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> so some of these old old Japanese cars have yeah. got massive turbos in them yeah yeah with tons of lag yeah you know the, the and even the mapping back then was it yeah. was like it was pretty crude right so yeah. it was all kind of bleed valves and things like yeah. that no kind of proper um boost modulation yeah. and kind of it doesn't bring it in a nice seamless way it just yeah. throws a shit ton of boost at like one hit at three yeah. and a half thousand revs or whatever it is so. yeah, yeah exactly and, and um so much so that um my 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 good wife Moira, she drove the scooby twice mm. and hated it she said it was so uh, inconsistent with the power um, like she'd be going down a country lane where where we used to live in 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 the South Downs, yeah. And then all of a sudden it would go, that she'd hit three and a half thousand revs, <laughs> and then boom, and she'd be off like a rocket, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, so, like a yeah. chav. Whereas she loved driving uh, the 997, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just to, I mean, if you guys haven't listened to some of the earlier episodes, Mick had a 997.2 Carrera S, GTS, yeah, 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 and it was stunning. And if I'd have known Mick well enough, and hadn't bought the Cayman then because it was really close that you selling your car that 911 and me yeah. buying my car was not that you know it was quite close in time i probably would have i'd probably have picked that up i think yeah because yeah. now with a with captain hindsight uh 997.2 is the sweet spot yeah and and hindsight they sort of after all, i've probably sold it at its lowest point in the market and, and now yeah yeah and now, and now they're quite i mean the night the gen twos came just after the stock market crash in and then they didn't make many of them and i had a mm. manual manual ones which they made even less of mm. so i think the 997 is probably um one of the lowest market modern porsches yeah 
And it, what, what was the, I can't remember what the spec was now, but it had like bits of carbon fiber in it. And yeah. I, it was it was a properly nice spec, yeah, really had, nice spec. It had loads of really nice stuff in it. The only thing it didn't have was a sports exhaust. Mm, easily fixed, but right? That was that was in the bin. Yeah. Uh, the, the stock exhaust. You just went to Carnival, right? And got a, yeah, so yeah. the first thing you do on a, 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 a Gen 2 or a 997 is it's got three parts, three silences, if you like. So you've got the two bits leaving the engine, mm. and then you've got a centre uh, muffler. Yeah. So Hayward and Scott do a centre muffler delete. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And that increases the sound. Um, yeah. Not enough. Uh, some people it's enough, some mm-hmm. it isn't. And then um, uh, on the way back from, um, we did a tour over to Germany. Went to Dinslaken, which I believe is the biggest Porsche event in the world. Yes, yeah, um, I remember you mentioning that now. Uh, and I stopped off at Gert Carnell's place on the way back, and he he does like yeah, a name job, isn't it? Well, he, he he you phone him up and you say he tell he asks you how many miles your car's done. Okay, and he's got loads of spares there, and he says right, and he and he, he basically in Belgium if you um, modify your car visually it's an MOT fail yeah, whatever yeah, their equivalent yeah, yeah. is yeah. so what he does he unwelds the side cans and nice. then he, I think he must do like a gundo hack inside there you know the gundo yeah, hack yeah yeah he just two link pipes <coughs> join yeah, together yeah exactly yeah. yeah so I think he does that and then welds it all back together again and nice. it looks stock doesn't right. sound stock it just looks stock and that's, if, if it's a visual thing yeah yeah all good but yeah he's a, he's a if you're ever over that way it's worth popping in because he's he's got this it's, it's like a farm it's difficult to explain it's like a farmhouse Mm. But then out the back, he's got a big, big warehouse area, and he's got loads of cu- uh, crates of um, air-cooled engines. Okay. He's, he's basically wow. hoovering up as much 964 and 993 stuff as he can possibly get. Uh, so he's got loads of loads of that stuff, and he's basically he knew he knew sort of ten years ago that he could smell it. Yeah. 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 I wonder because I'm I, again. I don't know if you guys have. While I will say this, I keep saying, I don't know if you guys have listened recently, I've had such a massive increase in listening figures. I don't know how many people have been following from the start, but I can tell right now the subscriber figures have jumped massively. So I'll assume that some people haven't listened to previous episodes. Um, I'm going to the, I'm doing a a Germany road trip in April. Um, I'm doing, and I've just about figured figured out where I'm gonna go. So doing day one to Bastogne. So basically getting straight across and then whizzing off down to Bastogne, staying there for the night to do some Band of Brothers World War II stuff. Next day to the ring, and I'm meeting Gold Leaf Performance, who have made a carbon fibre side, you know, the GT4 RS. Yeah. They built a, their own version of that, so I'm meeting them at the ring. Uh, and then on the way back, I'm stopping through, where the fuck am I stopping through? I'm stopping through a couple of different places anyway to get back, and then I'm doing Stuttgart to do the Porsche Museum. Yeah. Then coming home. So where is Dinslaken in, in relation to the ring and Stuttgart? Is uh, it? So where do we? So do, uh, it's not far from Dusseldorf. So we the, the both times I've been, we stopped off in Dusseldorf and gone to the classic Remise. You know, I sent you the picture mm. the other day. Classic Remise is um, the best way to describe it. I know it's in German. It's in Germany, but I, it's like an old Victorian railway station. Right. And they converted it into basically a car hub. Wow, so cool. and it's it's like um, it, it's just all the cars in there, all the old classic cars in there are all for sale. Oh, nice. So you just uh, you can spend a good couple of hours walking around. Yeah, there. okay. And there's like little shops around the outside and a cafe in the middle. Mm. Um, that's Dusseldorf. So it's not far. It's probably an hour or so from there. But it's um, there's a city that I'd never heard of called Oberhausen. 
Okay. And Dins Larkin's next to Overhouse, so okay. 20 minutes away from Overhousing. So I might look and see uh, how reasonable it is, because I'm booked in accommodation. Yeah, yeah, I'm literally at the point of booking accommodation now. So it's kind of up for grabs if there's something that's interesting, and I might yeah. sort of get in touch with Gert and see if he's up for a yeah. podcast can, as I'm can, going through. You right? can tell all the areas are, are, are near Spa and the Ring mm. because they've all got um, V-shell power uh, racing fuel. Yes, so. hundred <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So n- none of the yeah. none of the V power. We get. No, it's all no, V racing. Crap. Yeah, proper yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Love it. So you uh, normally, again for listeners, uh, I over the week will kind of, if I see something interesting, I'll just put notes uh, in in notes in my phone. And when it comes to recording a, a podcast, I just sit and just go through the notes. That's how I do it. So um, I've been really lazy, <laughs> and I walked in. I thought Mick and I will just will just riff. It'll just yeah. it'll do what it does. And then uh, no no, Mick's been very organised and has got a list of stuff to talk about. So. Over to you, mate. What's the what's the first thing on the agenda? Well, so um, Connor obviously work, works for Red Bull. Yep. Um, he sent me a link over the other day. Uh, did did he send it to you at all? Well, he, tell me what it is. Not so it, it's about Adrian Newey got interviewed, um, and it's about the RB17. Um, okay. Which I had sort of heard of. It was in in a, in a, but it's there basically. He's been given free reign to design his own hypercar. Mm. Uh, I wanted to talk about that first. Yeah, and then the next day. Um, so, for the listeners not in in the UK, we in England, the English Premier League, we have a two transfer windows: one in August and one in January. Mm-hmm. Winter trans, and and they build it up as a deadline day. So, the last day of the window is a massive deadline day. Absolutely, fuck all happened in the transfer window this year because okay. of financial fair play. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the only thing that happened in the foot the football or soccer transfer window was. Last day, Lewis Hamilton moving to Ferrari. Yeah. Which sort of caught, you know, there's been rumblings on about him moving. Yeah, but I think it's like anything, isn't it? People, if you say it for long enough, it eventually comes true, right? Because he was going to move at some point. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting. So, there's loads of theories about why he's moved and, you know, Mm. Ayrton Senna's his hero and he always wanted to race for Ferrari. Yeah. Unless he never got the chance for, you know, for for whatever reason. reasons. Yeah. Yeah. and then there's obviously, I think he may have lost faith in the, the Mercedes design. Um, He's not had a good couple of years, right? No, so. I mean, they had that, the first the first uh, downforce car um, looked, it was an abomination with no side pods. Mm. Mm. Then they brought out a Frankenstein version of it halfway through last season. Um, they sort of, they also had the, that horrendous porpoising with it as well that comes with, with a downforce car. Mm. Uh, and it just, it just, hasn't done doesn't work for him no. so um, you can only expect because he's obviously still hungry so you can only expect him to put up with a bad design for yeah. so long before he's like come on guys you know like give me something to work with yeah because everyone's got a limit right and he's what 37 38 yeah yeah so he's not got that many years left in, in him and if he yeah. wants to beat Shuey's record and go on to like stick another year or two on top of that, then he's not got long, not no. long left. So he's got to do something, right? Yeah, and and um, the the next reg change in F one is twenty twenty six. So he had a he had what everyone thought was a two year contract with Mercedes. It turns out it's a one plus one. Mm. So he can go next year. Yeah. Um, and so that that leaves twenty twenty five. Ferrari didn't do too bad last year. They they were the only other team to win a race, and uh, Leclerc was pole. Throughout mm. the last five races, so mm. they, they've got something there. The car's clearly fast; it just yeah. chews up its tyres a bit. 
So maybe with Hamilton's experience, they can sort of just manage it a bit yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. And again, you don't know what the tire manufacturers. I don't know what the option tire will be next year, whether it switches from Pirelli to Michelin to Bridgestone to whatever. I don't know, but still, still Pirelli. Still Pirelli. Yeah. yeah. But if they if the compounds change and then suddenly yeah. it works perfectly for Ferrari because it's their har- harder compound overall, yeah. then that might be exactly what it needed, and off they go. So well, he did th- he did exactly the same thing in 2012. When he left McLaren to join mm. Mercedes, everyone said he was mad. Blah, blah, blah. I did. I honestly, I, oh, went, so I went on record. Every, and I was like, "This yeah, is yeah. a joke. What's he doing? What an idiot!" You know, he was McLaren forever. And I think the same Can't thing's happened. So Nicky Lauder at the time obviously sold him yep. that, that that hybrid Mercedes was going to be the dog's bollocks. Yeah, it it was dog's bollocks on steroids. Um, yeah, because it won multiple Everything, six yeah. world championships and plus Nico Rosberg's world. So it won seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the engine reg changes are coming in in 2026. Mm. So Ferrari are hoovering up a lot of engineers out of yeah. out of Mercedes and I believe Red Bull as well. So Ferrari may be getting, going to be what Mercedes were in mm. 2026, what they were in 2013, 2014. It's interesting, isn't it? I'd love to be in the, a fly on the wall when they're talking about what their plans are, whether they look at the following year or they just go, you know what, we'll do what we can yeah. in the next couple of years, but really what we're interested in, all of our yeah. design, all of our innovation is going to be focused on that reg change because they know yeah. they've got way more chance of doing something that's kind of a dramatic difference between yeah. the two than just trying to eke out a bit more performance out of a platform they've got already. Yeah, and, so, and it's it, I, I, it's the first time for a long time where a big name driver's changed, um, not just teams, but engine mm. manufacturer as well. Yeah. So they all seem to stay in the same Mercedes or the yeah. Ferrari, you know. Um, but it's sort of now there's a seat open at Mercedes, so who's going to get that? You know, there there is a young Italian. His name escapes me. I didn't write that down. <laughs> Apologies. Um, he's you can prob- tell, right? There's a yeah. massive difference between Mick and I. I wing it every single time, yeah. and Mick's Mister Organised. Um, but he's probably too young. I think. He, I think he's in okay. F2 next year. So it, it may be that someone like Alex Albon comes in for a year. Yeah. Or two, filler. yeah, and just yeah. keeps the seat competent, warm. but not going to change yeah. the world. Yeah. And that might be why Lewis left because mm. he didn't want to be a seat warmer. Which it. sucks, right? Yeah, he's not in that place. He doesn't need no. to be there. And I'm not even the biggest Lewis fan. I'm yeah. like a moderate Lewis fan. I think he's a good guy. He's he's obviously in, you know one of the best talents in Formula One we've ever seen. I just I don't know. I like it when there's two or three of that. You know, like yeah. it, when it when there's the kind of a I don't know. When there's just at least some good competition and it's not one runaway yeah. person, that for me is when F1 said it's best. When you're not really that sure, and you've got some, then you've got like I mean my my era is like 90s and then um, the Jensen era, and then seeing someone be able to drive yeah. the tits off a car when it's wet, better than everybody else on the grid. Yeah, that for me then it starts changing. Like you go to you watch a race and you don't know quite what's going to happen in that yeah. race. Whereas if you've got like one person that's just actually infinitely better than everyone else yeah. and they're in the right car yeah I get why people get bored of Formula 1 in those yeah. circumstances right yeah and and um, this is the sort of thing that, that needs it to turn it on its it head does. because because this season's probably going to be max it's going to be the same again yeah same, yeah. same again yeah um, I can't see the Mercedes have had to restart again because they've mm. they've taken their non-sidepod car with the added side pods and they've gone back to scratch again so yeah. they're in a learning phase um, so, so even if they did okay, it's probably going to be the back half of the season rather than the start of the season. They're, they're a couple of years behind yeah. everyone else now, yeah. really. So they may have got some data out of the last two years, but mm. one is one thing is if the car looks shit, it's going to run shit. It's got to look like a you know, it's got to look like a thoroughbred, doesn't it? You it's know, got it, mate. Yeah, and he, you know what? It, again, I was I was talking to Connor actually about iconic liveries. 
And I was like, Rothmans, Eddie Jordan, Hornet, yeah. Benetton, you know, like those, and they're yeah. all like 90s, you know, 90s stuff, but uh, which is obviously my era. But like the Jordan car wasn't that great a car. It just had this amazing livery, right? So that you can you can do something. You can just make you just try and capitalize on the the option of making somebody look cool or kind of having a really yeah. a driver that's a bit of a rogue, someone that's kind of a, a real strong yeah. personality. So it's less of it. I'm just thinking about sponsorship, right? Because I'm obviously a factory team is not quite such an important thing, but. If you've got an independent, not there's many of those anymore, but it's all about the package. It's all about selling sponsorship yeah. because that's how you fund the car for the season. Whereas obviously Mercedes are probably slightly different, but you've got to do something, right? You, if you know you're not going to win, yeah. make use of the year somehow rather than just be lower as a write-off. Yeah, and, and 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 you think um, also on some of the things on the, the Formula One. I used to like listening to Gunter Steiner talk, mm. and he's now being he's now left. So we, yeah. we've lost we've lost a massive character yeah. out of Haas. So whether I don't know the uh, whether they uh, him and Gene has had a, a difference of opinion on how to run the team, whether whether Gunter Steiner took stole too much of the limelight because of the Netflix series, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. But he was a character, and that's what yeah. that's what they, that's what the sport needs. It does, yeah, it does. And if you look back in yeah. over the years, the decades, it, you know, James Hunt, really strong character, Hunt, you know, Shunt, yeah, yeah, exactly, but. Yeah. But it just it needs all of those people in there that are really yeah. you know like and Senna like hanging out the side of his car probably being a bit over dramatic yeah. because he's like oh we've got to do anything yeah. you know like but the point is you're like gripped it's like a film when you yeah. see that sort of stuff but when it's kind of um, yeah if it if it's demystified too much which is what I worry about the Netflix series actually that some of the pantomime some of the mystique around it just isn't there because you see too much of what's going on i don't want to see all the prep i want to just be wowed by the situation you know yeah no i, I really like the first series um because it focused on the lower teams yeah yeah and then the second series of mercedes and red bull they're going to capitalize yeah, on it. yeah, yeah and course. it's like and it lost a bit of the it lost a, it, the it underdog was, story yeah. it's the underdog story every time right and then also they, they there's a bit of a spin on it where they um you watch they do the the race highlights they're in the wrong order mm. so if you got <laughs> you can remember what the, that didn't happen like that it happened yeah. like this so you, yeah. you and, and and it's it's artistic license isn't it so which is fine yeah 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 good well, well let's see what happens with lewis yeah fascinating to see well the, the other thing is um um the boss at ferrari frederick Vasseur. Mm. i didn't know this that he worked with he he was his boss lewis hamilton's boss in F3 and GP2. Oh, okay. So he's worked with him in the That's lower. That's interesting. So he's worked with him in the lower formulas. Mm. So let's, uh, you know. Yeah. So it might well, be he's not going to. He's not going completely cold. He's got a relationship yeah. he's built up. And yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. Let's see if he can win at Monza. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> no, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. What else we got, Mick? What's so the, yeah. So the RB17. So yes. The hypercar. If you get a chance. Um, Go on to the YouTube, the Oracle Rebel YouTube channel. Yeah. It's about 20 minutes long, something like that. Oh, okay. I didn't know they put something out already. That's Adrian cool. Newey, oh, he's got you know, passion for this thing. I think mm. I, I think he designed, he drew it on a one, you know he's famous for drawing his in a notebook. Yeah. I think he drew it over Christmas. Did he? And, and they've, they've, they've said, yeah, crack on. So I think um, Connor's working on it 75% of his time, so. It's interesting for the Ren 550. I've had Adrian Newey's How to Build a Race Car in uh, as an audio book. I don't read books after doing uni for so long. I don't yeah. read books anymore. But 
Um, yeah, I've got it like literally banked as yeah. my bit of research to do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to that and then watch the the thing and see if I can see where he's kind of his mind's connected to it. But yeah, yeah it looked good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, um, it's it's like the Ferrari XX series. Okay, yeah. So, so it's a trailer to a circuit. Yeah, except the latest, the SF90 XX is yeah. a road car. I don't know, mate. <laughs> so the latest Ferrari ones are road. So yeah. they do they do a um, SF90 XX Stradale yeah. and a Spider. There's they're about 700k to 750k. Oh, again. So, um, all sold, obviously. Of but they they're, they're a road car. So as well as a race, so interesting. Yeah. Um, whereas this, the RB17, is purely a track car. Okay. Um, not they're not going to homologate it for any race series. It's literally just a. They may they may do because they got the hypercar series in. Yeah. It's he he was quite clear as a hypercar, so yeah. it could be uh, they could use it for Le Mans for the yeah. hypercar series. Um, cool to see, wouldn't it? Especially everything is slightly cooler when it's got like some racing heritage even yeah. if it's not a winning car just having like a race series after it so. yeah exactly I mean, uh, mclaren f1 gtr right yeah. like amazing so, so so they may do i i i was i was i didn't pay full attention to the video i'll have to go back again mm. but um it's got two seats okay and the reason That's he said start. the reason he said two seats was he said so you're you can take your partner around yeah uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's going to go well with uh, your best mate if the partner's going to yeah, vomit or, all over the car. I mean, yeah, Moira wouldn't come out in it. No. Not that I'd ever go out in one. But, um, or or he's an instructor, so that's quite important. Okay, yeah, so that makes sense. You can take an instructor yeah. out with you. I wonder if it's got an option for centre seat position, whether you can, I mean, let's face it, if you've got 750 grand, you're pre-qualified to buy one of those things. I think this then, will cost more than seven fifty, mate. I oh, think. is it? Are we in the, that was the that Ferrari. Was the effort, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. They, they, this they is, it's a price and application. No. I mean, if you look at you. the Valkyrie, what was that? Two, oh, two mate, and a half. This is the thing for the, me. All of those cars, I find them interesting, but they're so beyond, yeah. like the beyond reach that I don't connect to them in any emotional way. It's it's almost like yeah. watching a spaceship take off. I'm like, it's really cool. What's next? But yeah, yeah, they are they are interesting. Yeah. But, but this this one is like um, this is a pet project. This yeah. is this is how important Adrian Newey is to Red Bull. They give him all these pet projects. So he went off and did the the American Cup yacht. Yes. Yeah. It's yep. to keep him Anything. interested. So that's how important. So they will do anything to keep him interested. I yeah. think. Um, and and if you see him light up, his eyes light up when he starts talking. I mean, about that's that's the thing, right? Is is when someone mm. is. Like completely hungry and passionate about whatever yeah. they're working on, it, that that for me that's more of a selling point to me because you're like okay yeah. I'm paying attention in much the same way that um, Gordon Murray is with his projects right yeah. you can dislike the cars but you have to a, respect Gordon Murray for his his skill and his you know visionary status and legendary status and also you watch him when he talks about any of that stuff it's like the birth of his first child yeah and i'm guessing it's the same with adrian new in this yeah. right yeah yeah and it's you're right the gordon, the gordon murray fan car for example was yeah. a throwback to the brabham yeah um that lasted a couple of races in the f1 season i think bernie eccleston run the team then didn't he probably yeah um and his you know the uh they they the the, the history says the car was banned it wasn't banned mm. it was withdrawn so bernie could then take control of formula one so it was ah, it was a political ah. it was a political decision to withdraw the car i didn't know that yeah so it was never banned mm. um and, and and i think that this is this is what i love about formula one is that they how they interpret the rules so in in those days i think they said that um if something something on a race race car its primary function has got to be 
51% of the job. So the fan was there to okay. call the engine. Yeah. That's what his job was. In fact, it gave it 30, more, 30 mile an hour more through the corners because it was <laughs> sucking the car to the, the tarmac. It was neither here nor there. But they, pro they proved that 51% okay. of his job was to call the, call the engine. Interesting. That's very cool. Yeah. So the prim yeah. as long as the primary focus isn't to... Isn't it a performance of elevator? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, really cool. So okay, that's what I love. I love the fact that you got the, the fan car from the seventies or early eighties, whenever it was, and then he brings T50, out Gordon yeah. Murray brings his the, the two fan cars out. The, was it fifty and a thirty three? T fifty and T thirty three. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. saw those going around. Um, Goodwood. Goodwood, yeah, they're fantastic. The noise those things make, yeah. and the partnership with Cosworth to develop yeah. that engine. I mean, I was when before you heard the engine. I was like, oh, I mean, all right, V12 is going to sound nice, you know, it's going to be a Gordon Murray car, so it's going to be pretty cool. And then that thing just was like, oh, wow. Like, that's, it goes up and up and up and up, and it's just, yeah. it's beautiful, mate. That, that for me is engineering when it's a mix of like supreme performance and just looks beautiful. So you, that sounds beautiful. You like the sound of that? Yeah. This one, he didn't, he didn't say what size the engine was or what engine it was, I don't think, but it's a, he said it's a V10. Okay. Revs, have a guess what it revs to. Oh, it's going to be another one of those stupid ones, isn't it? 10, 11? 15,000 15,000, <laughs> holy shit. So this, this, this to me, I was like, oh. 15,000? 15, 15,000 RPM. Bloody hell. Um, and th this to me sort of is, you know, when they brought the Veyron out? Yeah. It was like an engineer's wet dream. Of course it was, yeah. Volkswagen, wasn't it? Bugatti. Yeah. This is, this is Adrian Newey's wet dream, yes. I think. This is what yeah. you, you know. Um, wow. I think, 15, I think the other key figures were 1,000 brake horsepower. Now, yeah. I might have got this wrong, but I think there's a 200 brake horsepower electric motor in there as well. It seems so, slightly meaningless at that point. Yeah, there, exactly. Really, but but um, active suspension. So going back to mm. the, was it mid-80s they had active suspension? So he's probably going back to his early Formula One yeah. childhood where they had the, the active suspension, which is banned at the moment. Is it? And okay. that, well, that's what stops the porpoising. So, oh, right. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, um, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, it's got a blown diffuser. Wow. It weighs 900 kilograms. I wonder if this 200 brake horsepower electric motor is for Kurtz, basically. Could be, yeah. And that's all yeah. it is. It's, yeah. just, it's just for um, it's just boost. putting power back it's into just, it. Yeah. It's like an overboost function. Between the, between the gear changes yeah, type yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, it, keeps yeah. the, it keeps the power yeah. there. So it's just completely linear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the bit I didn't really understand, he said it's it's got seventeen hundred kilos of downforce, which is almost at what speed? Caps six hundred mile an hour. It says, it says caps, <laughs> but yeah. How do you get caps? So I don't know. I don't know because the faster you go, the more. The more increased downforce. Thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's obviously he obviously he, knows the shit. So something must happen there. at a certain speed where. Unless it's like unless I don't know, a I don't know why you would cap it. Because yeah. I mean, you'd think what's the car that's got the? I mean, it looks hideous to me. And it's got a wing that kind of tilts side to side as you go through different corners and different. I mean, it's another map for the entire thing. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? I have. And it adjusts Sh itself. Shmi had one, didn't he? Yeah. I, I saw one up at Topaz, and I was told not to take any pictures of it. You sneaky did anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Good and I can't remember. You have to say, have you still got them? Send me, yeah, send me a couple. Was it yeah. Dutch? Was it a Dutch company? I think it was, yeah. I can't think of the name of them now. I mean, like cool again, cool yeah. car from an engineering perspective, just hideous to look yeah. at. But um, yeah, like that, you think you think with this car, you wouldn't think it'd be like a static wing or something like that. It's yeah. going to have like, you know, rams everywhere to be able to adjust it and you know figure the downforce out. I mean, that must be sort of aircraft 
Yeah. Inverted wing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Opposite way round, but yeah. that must be sort of aircraft downforce levels. Um, when the car only weighs 900 kilos and it's creating 1,700. Jeez. It must, be, uh, it must be a wild thing to drive because it'll be pretty close to like a Formula One car where, yeah. and I don't know how overdone this was in Top Gear back in the day when Richard, I think it was Richard Hammond, first yeah. drove one. And he was like, I can't drive it because he, he wasn't driving quick enough to generate enough downforce yeah. to be able to carry the speed through the corner. So he was lifting. And then the car was unsettling. Yeah. It sounds like this is going to be a similar thing, right? It's like you're going to need to bury your foot all the way around and trust the fact you've got grip. So you, I would imagine you're probably going to be really slow the yeah. first like three or four laps. And then you start building confidence into, oh, like you can lean on these tyres, tyres are not going to go off. And you've got this ridiculous amount of downforce. And you've got 15,000 revs, because you're not going yeah. to use 15,000 revs at the start. You use six, yeah. seven, eight maybe. You're, you're not, not even just about halfway there. Yeah. So I reckon you probably it's going to be a slow burn for people who get into that and want to drive yeah. fast. I mean, just to try and put it in perspective, right, it's not really perspective, but the, you know the, the, the new GT3 RS is all about the downforce. Yeah. The yeah. front end of the GT3 RS generates 80 kilos, mm-hmm. which is probably an average yeah. adult, maybe a bit lighter. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's, and I thought that was a lot. Yeah. This car generates 1,700 kilos. I just don't even, yeah. I, yeah. That's an incredible amount of weight on, on the... Yeah. I'm more excited about that now, having this conversation, yeah. than I was surface level, because it's interesting. There's yeah. a lot going on. Yeah. So the other bit, we mentioned the two seats. There's going to be 50 of them. Okay. Well, pre, for, again, pre-sold, right? There. 49, sorry. Adrian Newey's got one. Of course. And they're, they're going to, before you drive them, you've got to go in the sim. Yeah. To learn the character, like course. you said, learn the characteristics of the car. Yeah. And they're talking about doing... Um, track days for you know so there'll be a family track day if you like so you mm. take and he's talking about suzuka and stuff like that so <laughs> i mean look if i you know it was, it was completely naive of me to say 700 grand wasn't it yeah. but it's going to be like two three million or whatever it is but if you've got that much money to blow on a pure track car that you that is you i mean suzuka you could probably fly your family there in your private jet and yeah who cares right at that stage yeah it was just in i was just it was incredible. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I wonder if it'd be a good wood this year. I don't know how far developed it is, yeah. whether it's... I, I think it's... I'm not sure. We'll have to ask Connor how far it is. Yeah, work. find out from Connor. Well, yeah. I mean, Connor wily smiles and says he can't say much yeah. and tells me something and then yeah. don't tell anyone. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he said that to me. He goes, I can't tell you what I'm working but, on. And I said, are you working on the, on the submarine, the Red Bull submarine? Went, How do you know that? <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said it, was in, it was in the news about six months ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's quite funny. It's, it is funny. It's, it's funny what's out there and, the, and what they, what they the, when you work somewhere, you don't think it's out in the, out in the open. I, I, but he's just, I mean, if you're employed by a company like that, your career is on the line. Yeah. Not just that one job, but if you're known to be somebody that leaks information, yeah. you, it's game over in Formula One. So I completely get why he's a bit cautious, but yeah. Oh yeah, just look at the Spygate. <coughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, going back to Spygate, well, McLaren and Ferrari. I mean, it's happened all the way through yeah. for decades, isn't it? People, have, yeah. especially because it's quite, you know, the lift and shift version of engineers and mechanics. You know, like you work in one company for a bit, yeah. and so and so leaves in a different company, and off you pop to there, and then you yeah. you just circle around. You're gonna know everybody. You know, it only takes yeah. one accidental pissed up night to kind of go, oh, mate, yeah. oh, there's cracking new diffuser that's yeah. going on next week. Yeah. Well, have you, have you seen, sorry, have you seen the Braun program? It's on, I believe it's on. Oh, Disney. dude, I am, I haven't seen it. And it's, again, like I said, Button's my, yeah. that, that is my favourite year yeah. ever in Formula One. So I'm, 
I need I need a It's four it's four episodes. Right. Um me and Maura watched it, she loved it. It was really I mean I I forgot that you know, all this furore about the blown diffuser, mm. blah blah blah. There's three teams that have blown diffusers. Was there? That year. Yeah, I only thought it was it was just I thought it was broad. It was just broad. No, yeah. three teams have blown diffusers. Okay. They were the only one that got it working properly, I think. So yeah. Uh, and and the politics and the invite in between, you know, because Red Bull were quite coming up, up and coming then, yep. And, yep. and they sort of got it. They got their car really close to Braun at the end, mm. uh, and it's touch and go whether Jensen would win or not. But um, yeah, that's, and then that's you had the Ru- dude. It's you had Ru- Rubens fun. doing well. You had Jensen doing well, and you had uh, the Red Bull coming. It was up. that era where the, all of those people were, you know, they were the not even Max, but. Lando, right? They, that, it was like the equivalent of Lando now, and then yeah. back in the sort of mid two thousands. Yeah. So, yeah, it just felt like that was the they were kind of coming of age in Formula yeah. One, and it was just all happened at once. It was amazing. I love that for that era. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great, and um, you, all of the people that were involved in Braun, I say all. That's a sweeping statement. Yeah, most of the people that were involved in Braun are involved in Mercedes today. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, yeah. Or or they've left Mercedes and they're now with Williams, or you know. So it's like mm. a one big. One big family because it came. They, I think they came from Super Aguri because my friend okay. worked for Super Aguri and then they they was it Honda and then Braun. Yes, yeah, it was definitely Honda and then Honda Braun. pulled out, didn't they? It that is. was because of that um, the crash in two thousand and eight. So Honda pulled out. Yeah, Braun bought them for a quid. That was it. And then and they, 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 I think the and oh, I forget the Japanese guy's name, but he still keeps the pound in his pocket. He's still pocket. got it, yeah, he's still got it. He walks around yeah, with it constantly, yeah. And yeah. He, got, he got it out for the... It's, all, it's, it's about that in the Oh, the is that? Okay, show, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it's, I really enjoyed that. That, that is, yeah. that is um, a really good product. So Braun, okay. Braun F1, I think it was called. Yeah. I'll have to kick the wife out and... Yeah. Not literally. She might, she might enjoy it. it was, they, did, they did it quite well. Yeah. I think it would be a hard sell. Yeah. I'll... I'll See if I can. It's my birthday next week, so I will yeah. see if I can. She's like, well, you, we'll do anything you like. It's like, right, you're gonna sit through four episodes of this. <laughs> <laughs> Just try one. Try one. Yeah. No, it's my birthday. You, yeah. you love it. It's fine. Yeah. But yeah, it's good. good. Hey, I hope you're really enjoying this episode. And if you are enjoying this episode, I have a very small request to make. Um, I'm really trying to grow the YouTube channel at the moment and um, whilst it's always nice when people naturally gravitate towards it and subscribe and like and share, um, I'm going to actually ask you if you're enjoying this episode and you've enjoyed the Engineering podcast so far to head over to YouTube and subscribe and uh, yeah, let me know what you think of any of those episodes and if there's anything you'd like to see in the future. But for now, I'll head back to the episode, but just that small request. Thanks. Take care. Good. What else have we got then? So we've, um, we've had Formula One, Red Bull. I've gone. I've gone from one extreme to the other before I get to some Porsche news. We into uh, Ladas and no, no, Eastern European cars now. GR Yaris Gen Two. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's just been released or just about to be released. I watched a. I can't remember who it was now. A journo that had been out in a driving one and did a back-to-back comparison with the earlier generation yeah. and this generation and found that quite interesting. Yes. Yeah, so all the. The things that they said was, you know, they've tried to iron, you know, like they, they apparently the driving seat was too, too high. high. Yeah. So the touch points they've they've lowered, so they've lowered the seat, steering mm. wheel, stuff like that. I, I know you could. I mean, lots of people were doing this. I mean, I'm not sure if you're going to jump out of one in, you know, an early car to a, this new generation because people have been looking at those things as failings and making new brackets up for yeah. the seat to be lower anyway. So interesting to see whether because I think some of it's it's like 20 brake horsepower. 
yeah, engine increase. Is it 20 or something 20, like that? It's about 20, yeah. Yeah. It's so got, you can just map it, can and, you? get loads more and it's got an intercooler spray. Yeah. <laughs> All these years later, I have one of those. Go on, straight back to the Fast and Furious. I have one of those on my bug eye. Did you? Yeah. There you intercooler go. spray. You can and, say you've had something yeah. in common with a GR. Yeah. There you go. So that's that's a bit. I've got. I've got intercooler spray exclamation mark. Exclamation. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You wouldn't think that it would still be a thing that would yeah. be used. I mean, you think there'd be something that's all more advanced and. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, they're cool bits of kit. Would you have one? Um, You're more likely to be a, a target audience member than I am. For yeah, that. I know. I, 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 I probably wouldn't. I'd say I would, but maybe five, ten years ago, I would have yeah. dipped my toe in the market with one. Yeah. Um, I think they're cool. I, I love the fact that Toyota have done done this. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. they've, they've put their GR brand on it and... You know, yeah, I, I, and Gazi Racing, I didn't even yeah. know it was a thing until, probably until this came out, yeah. the, the GRERS. And obviously they've rolled out into like everything else yeah. in the range, but yeah. And they've done this, they brought the Celica back. Yep. And, and okay, I didn't like, I, I do like the styling of the new Celica. It just needed a big big spoiler on the back. It's mm. Going back to, again, some of the Fast and the Furious. Yeah. And, it's hard, isn't it? Because I've seen, if you look at Honda, the Civic Type R, the generation, the FK to, to like 2016, 2017 yeah. to where we are today. And it's gone, it went like a little bit max power, ridiculous max power, yeah. wings and bits and shit all over it. And you know, and it just was, it was hideous. It, it just goes to show that downforce, I'll, I'll probably get shot for this, downforce equals fugly. Quite often. And, 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 yeah. and you look at the, I'm going to get, you look at the Senna, the McLaren Senna. Oh, it's absolutely revolting. And even, again, I'm a, we love Porsche, but the, the GT3 RS has got, if you mm. look at it closely. I mean, they've done a decent job with yeah. the styling for what it is, but you, it still doesn't look. Have you seen one on the road? Uh, no, it I haven't looks actually. absolutely ridiculous. Does it? <laughs> look, again, let's face it, if you've got a 3RS and you're bombing around in a brand new 3RS, I don't think you give a rat's exactly. ass about what you look like. Exactly. You're on the inside of it. You know you know what the car's capable of. Exactly. The car is a beast. And let's face yeah. it, the same with the Senna, right? But what I'm saying is is that when you add downforce to a car, yeah. it doesn't look that The good. appendages yeah. detract from the looks. Which is probably again why, if you look at Gordon Murray, he's he'd be sat next to us, nodding his head furiously. Yeah. I think because if you look at the T thirty three, T fifty, they've got very little going on outside. It's just all passively generated, yeah. like the fan and the underbody of the car, the yeah. way that everything's the shape is inherently um, low drag, right? So and it creates this downforce yeah. through passive most of the, apart from that active active thing at the back. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, and, and, and the Formula One, there's there's so many waves and bits and and, and you're like, oh, make it simple. Yeah, keep it simple. So you look at the 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 the, the, the McLarens of the early '90s, you know, the MP4s, whatever they were. Yeah, gorgeous looking cars, plain simple. Yeah, they looked they looked the draw a three pence. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, now it's you couldn't draw. You could you could look at one for half hour and you wouldn't be able to draw it. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, what like, listeners, if you're interested in um, chipping in about this, what's your thoughts? You can ping me a message on Instagram at Rengineering UK or uh, email me info at Rengineering.com and tell us what you think about our bullshitting on about aero and what's ugly and what's not. 
Yes. I've got some more. You are well prepared, haven't you? Porsche, Porsche news. Porsche news. So it leads tonight because we spoke about Jensen Button. He did, yeah. Um, so I didn't realise he'd signed to race the 963 hypercar. So oh. He's, so he's racing for, let me get this right, Hertz Team Jota, I think it is. Okay. Um, so and he, he just did the Daytona 24. He came third. Or his team, it's not just him, there's, there's yes. two, two other I, No, I did see something about that. I did um, see something about that. Yeah. And I think but, but I think Porsche won it. They came first and third. So mm. whether it was, I think it was the same. I think there's two cars uh, and they came first and third. Um, I'd love to do, see him do something. I mean, I know he did his he did off-road Na thing, didn't he? Well, he, he yeah. did, he did um, yeah, he, he did, but he did NASCAR in Le Mans last year. He raced, a, I think it was a Chevrolet NASCAR modified. Oh, okay, yeah. Obviously, it had to turn right and left. <laughs> <laughs> sorry American listeners yeah, sorry sorry yeah, yeah I mean I don't want to get shot because you love guns and you love NASCAR so <laughs> <laughs> yeah Mick have you still got that battery on your thing has it dropped out is it still good yeah we're all good, still good. that's fine uh, and then I found something that was slightly different um, mm -hmm. so have you heard of a Porsche car called Doris and a, a Porsche car called Edith <sighs> Uh, no, I have not. <laughs> Enlighten me. So. so this is this is nothing to do with speed records. Right? It's got a world record. Yeah. Um, these are like these these cars are like uh, a Dakar on okay. steroids. Yeah. So if you think of the Dakar, jacked up. It, it's basically it, it's a it's set the world record for altitude. So um, as in a jump. No. Uh, Climbing, so you, oh, know, right. you, know, you know, like in uh, <laughs> what's the thing done? Yeah, like no, taking off, it's gone up to so, wings. Uh, was it twenty two thousand and ninety three feet? Bloody hell! So uh, the 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 uh, Doris was the prototype, and Edith was the actual car that did it. So oh uh, right, I'm with you now. Right, okay. Yeah. So it's a, it's a highly modified Carrera 4S, but it's basically like a Dakar. What is this recent or yeah, recent? Oh, yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, I it's, thought you just reached into the no, no, no. The, it's the, the, um, the it linty was, pocket. Yeah, of I, I, um, I, I'll get the date when it's done, but I haven't, I haven't written date down. But yeah, so it's climbed to an incredible twenty-two thousand feet above sea level. Wow. Um, and and if you watch the um, some of the old Top Gears when they go up, when oh, it gets thin. Yeah, so cars start running out of performance well, pretty quick, well, they, right? They, yeah. Um, Clarkson, Hammond, and May mm. run out of air. They, they were clinically when they tested their their O2 uh, levels. They yeah. were dead, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was about sixteen thousand feet because they had to go back down again. Yeah, yeah. Let's not get out of So, so twenty-two thousand feet. Um, They'd have to acclimatize. You'd have to drive up there, acclimatize yeah. for a few days, and then do unless it. Unless they had. Oh, unless you had because um, some of the guys yeah. that climb. I mean, you, you're 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 a climber. Some of the guys yeah. that do Everest and that they. Some All of them have to do, yeah. I mean, even at base camp, you've got to acclimatise for yeah. like a week. But some go up with oxygen now, don't they? Everyone goes up with oxygen. Yeah. There's like one or two people a year that don't. Yeah. yeah. So that's the true record of going up without oxygen, isn't it, I think? so. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure anyone that's climbed Everest would be, again, fuming. Yeah. But it's more of a procession than it used to be. But yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, I'll have to look out for that. And yeah. have a watch. Is it on... Uh, is there a video or is it I can't just pictures? Or? I can't remember where I've found out. It might have been in... I've not seen it on Porsche Newsroom and I look at that a lot. Yeah, have a look. Um, I've, I've, I can't remember where I found it. Mm. But um, The other thing I've been thinking about... Um, so I saw something... This Spider RS. Yeah. They're saying that's the last 718 Spider. Yeah. Does that mean there's going to be something left for the Cayman? 
Oh, I don't think so. I thought, I remember seeing Pruninger talking about the 4RS to Harris and saying, this is the swan song for the 718 generation. Okay. And it is literally, ah. once that stops, gone. I, and I, I looked on the configurator last night because I was bored and I was like, well, I'm going to design a 4RS. And you can still configure a 4RS and a spider, but I think if you go in and try and order one, no chance, yeah. gone. So I was thinking, I was I was daydreaming. Mm. I was thinking, oh, does that mean they're going to bring a Cayman R out? Oh, mate, I'd love that. Or, or I'd love them uh, to do something. A GT4 Touring. Again, oh, dude, honestly. That's, that's just yeah. how my brain was working, you know. It's and and I think the, up until the 4RS, I think people would were still in that space of they want to keep some separation between the 911 yeah. and the Cayman as a platform. And there obviously still is, but the 4RS and the Spider RS kind of broke the mold. I think they've really yeah. set the cat amongst the pigeons. So I'd love to see them do something that is like a more of a 911R because that was a 3RS engine in a touring body, right? Yeah. So, that, well, in my head, that was the first touring. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. But they could totally do something that was a little less race inspired, so no club yeah. sport, nice seats, you know, like a slightly more luxurious textures and stuff inside. Yeah. It's light, you know, light spring rates. I just remember the Matt LeBlanc sticking his baguette of cheese or egg or whatever it was in it. <laughs> In, in where that, they I watched that so many times. Yeah. I love that because he, he didn't want to meet his hero, did he? No. And it's and I, I recorded something for if it was episode thirty-two last week, and I was talking about the nine eleven R and that because Catch Bowl had written this thing saying that was his most, uh, his most important or most remarkable or something like that of the of his of cars mm-hmm. for the last twenty-five years for him. And I couldn't believe that. I was like, wow, that's incredible. But I still look at the nine eleven R. That's my that was my reference point. With my car, 911R is, the, is is it for me? It's the it's the ba- best basket of cheese you can ever get your bits yeah. from, right? So yeah, love it. We'll see, right? Those things will sell like freaking yeah. hotcakes, dude. I'd, I'd, they, I'd love I'd love them if they. I mean, would would you prefer a GT4 Touring or a Cayman R? Because we've had a Cayman R before, haven't we? The um, yeah, nine eight seven generation, nine eight seven, yeah, yeah, which was uh, quite an undervalued car. It still is, account. yeah, still is. You can still put that. I've seen those dropping. I've seen those and spiders in the th- late thirties, early late mid thirties, yeah. which is a joke. I mean, they're and they sound good. They sound amazing, yeah. and they're so low numbers. It's just a matter of time for me with those. Would I prefer an R or touring? Probably. An R, and I would like them to do something that is akin to the 911R, like really go to town, you yeah. know. Whereas I think a Cayman R, no, no, hang on a sec, I'm getting confused with my own language here. Yeah. <coughs> a touring, I think, would be good, but pretty off the shelf. An R would be, you know, all singing, all dancing, all the best bits of it, everything they've learned, yeah. everything they've done for their Cayman, and put it in one package and make it slightly luxurious and a really small run. So no one's got a chance of getting them. And then there'll be collector's items that no yeah. one see. And then they'll get wheeled out for a car show by a rich guy. Yeah. That's what I want to say. Well, let's, let's say that, let's pretend that they're not going to be limited numbers. They're going to be like the GT4. If they were like a GT4, yeah. you could theoretically get a cancelled order like yourself. Yeah. Then, yeah, I'd love them to do it. Would you? I, I, is there a twinkle in your eyes? Oh, I, you saw... I, I, I get excited by something like a, G, yeah. a, a, a Cayman R. Because they've, only, knew, done it, they've yeah. only done it once before. Um, yeah. Yeah, so 
Yeah, it's just that was just how my brain was working when I when I you know thought about the Spider RS. I thought maybe mm. I read too much into it, but I thought they said that was the last they were going to do with a seven one eight box stuff. I, I'm pretty sure that's it. Okay, but again, they're not going to tell us, are they? No. But, you know, they say one thing and wheel something out next afterwards. Yeah. But if they can sort of do a, I mean, they love a special edition, so be interesting to see. You've yeah. got a you've got some history now with a dealer right so yeah. you can go in and you know it might even be worth having the conversation ahead of time yeah. and be like just to let you know <laughs> don't even have to I don't even need to know the price I don't even need to, I know no details but just if that turns up yeah yeah and the only other Porsche news I had was um, new Taken faster blur and <laughs> a new McCann EV and I think they're I think they're electrifying the Cayenne as well I think I think Porsche have got the electric market completely wrong. I um, think the fact that I think the, the public are telling them they've got the yeah. market completely wrong. Yeah, it doesn't help that there's no. I think we're the only one of the only countries in the world that doesn't do um, subsidies for electric cars, mm. apart from in the business. Did originally, right? We, we, you get them in a business environment, but yeah. not from a private buyer. So I think that's why the second-hand market is. Yeah. Um, and I think that and technology changes so quickly that yeah. people have bought Nissan Leafs and now they realise that they've got 60 miles of range and their best mates bought an MG and it's yeah. like 300. 250, yeah. 300 mile range. And now they can only go to the shops. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and, and, and I think for the vast majority of people, they look at it in such simple terms. And if you're PCPing something or you're kind of just in rotation of just or leasing, it's, it's more about can I afford it? What's my equity look like coming mm. out of the car? What's the next? And, and actually, you know, a commitment like a Porsche when it's not 30 grand, it's 80, 90, 100, 110. That's a, that's, not only is a lot of your own equity sewn into that, which is at risk, you don't know what's coming around the corner yeah. anyway. I mean, if so you're, if you're a private bar and you bought a take-in, Jesus. And yeah. there will be, yeah. and I and I, I joked in the last episode because I was like, "Ah, oh, the new take hands out, and next," because yeah. I couldn't give a rat. Yeah, it's just they're, it's, it's it's a, too, they're too powerful. They're you know they're a family car. The, the one of the reasons the insurance costs are going up is because they've got seven hundred brake horsepower. People have got mate. People seven hundred brake horsepower. If you think about twenty years ago, thirty years ago, I thought a fast car was a one point nine two hundred five GTI. It 130 was. brake yeah. horsepower, yeah. seven and a half seconds to 60, tops out 130. I think if, if my nan was still with us, that would be the car yeah. she would be driving is something that had 130 brakes. She wouldn't even know, we should have no idea. Cars with, you know, just multiple hundreds of brakes, like it's just, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. No yeah. one needs that. No. I'm sure if you said to Joan that lives down the road, Joan, you can have 700 brake, and 200 mile range, or you can have 250 brake, 600 mile range. She'd be like, "Well, I'll take the range. I don't need yeah. a fast car." So well, yeah, I mean, you, you, half the time you're in traffic anyway, aren't you? So it's yeah, I don't know. I, I, I and it's not an anti-EV thing, apart from the fact that they're dull white goods cars. If they create, if they're able to create an emotional thing for me, where I got in one and I was just wow, this is it, without it being synthesized, I'm not interested in yeah. someone piping a fake exhaust known as the car. And every time someone said so far in public media that this is the next thing that's gonna be exciting about EVs, I've heard it go down the road and I've immediately been like, no. I think it was even 
What is the Cayman concept that they released? No, was it was about two, three years ago. Was it a right? Was it a mission? Mission something or mission like that. Mission something, E or yeah. something like that. Yeah. It, was, it was something like that anyway. And they were banging on about that as being like the the first time they've been able to create an emotional experience in the mm-hmm. car. And it just was a marketing employee. It wasn't emotional at all. It was just made a louder washing machine noise. Yeah. You know. So fundamentally, they need to approach it in that way. The only thing I've weirdly, the only thing I've seen that. I thought, okay, I can see a, I can see a demographic for this. Is the MG weird thing that they brought out? It's two seater co- little convertible. That's what they do. MG yeah. do M- the spider. Uh, yeah, it's a spider, isn't it? And it's and it's like three hundred brake horsepower, yeah. four seconds to sixty. It'll do a three hundred and fifty mile range, and yeah. it's a sensible price. I was like, okay, I can see a market for that. Right, watch that. That's the MX five for the modern day. Someone people will buy that thing. And it's the first. Com- I, I, I'm. I, I don't know if there's any other convertible uh, electric cars out there. That's the first one, I think. I think you're right. Yeah. I think I'm probably wrong, but um, yeah. Again, there's probably people. But bo- well, the, bo- the Boxster will be. Um, yeah, the Boxster, and, yeah, and I think I, 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 let, 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 who knows about the MG? They're not comparable, are they? Because Porsche are going to release something that works from day one, and it's yeah. going to be as good as it can be. Whereas MG, yeah. a much lower price point, and not going to try and compete with that. They're they're, they're getting first to the market, right? They're going to try and mm-hmm. sell as many of those things as they can yeah. to build the company back up. Well, they've done pretty well anyway. But whereas Porsche, I think it's it's more about convincing existing people into the next generation. Yeah. But and then well, synthetic well, fuel. You, just, th- you yeah. think to buy a GT4 RS, you got you got to walk out the dealership with a ten grand watch. And a, a, mount, a Porsche mountain bike, mate. Um, I, I went into Porsche Portsmouth two <laughs> weeks ago, and Ben, the the parts manager there, and I, I think the world of Ben, he's a lovely guy, and he was like, "Come, come with me. I know you're into watches, aren't you? Come, come with me. Come with me. I've got something really special for you. You're gonna, you're gonna want this in a heartbeat." I was like, "Oh, go on, mate," because he knows that I've had the Chronograph one, so like the original Ferry Porsche designed yeah. watch, right? Absolutely love that thing. And he was like, slid this box over the desk. And I was like, ooh, it's coming. It's going to be so excited. And I opened it up and it was just a standard one of those kind of like, you, you buy yourself a GT4 RS. And he was trying to sell this like, <laughs> I was like, mate, it's eight grand or something. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not paying 8,000 yeah. good for that thing. But yeah. There's so many, I mean, you hear, you hear all the stories, don't you, recently people, you know, there's Turbo S's that people bought that yeah. they, they haven't even seen. Yeah. And they've just gone back into the dealership next day for sale secondhand. Yeah. Um, and then they can plot whatever markup they want on them. They're obviously getting their fingers Did you, did you watch, I don't know how much YouTube you watch, but there is a video out that's gone viral on a guy that said, I'm going to demonstrate how bad it is to buy a Porsche, how, how completely done over you are. And when he phoned every single dealer in the UK asking for a 3RS, obviously he got. No, he knew he was going to get yeah. no anyway, but it was a good lead. And then went into one and was like, they said, have you bought any Porsche before? And he was, he said, well, actually, I've had a Carrera, two Carrera GTs and listed all his cars <laughs> off, right? <laughs> and, and they couldn't have given a shit, despite him being a Carrera GT, ex-Carrera GT owner. When, do you know when that video was filmed? Not that long ago, okay. within the last month or so. Okay, so yeah. you'd think that, that but they've, they've had it easy uh, over the last few mm. years where... Could be arrogant. Yeah, yeah. They, they can sell anything to anyone. Now yeah. they might struggle. They, you know, they, I think I think, and and it's not to, to sort of turn into a watch talk episode, but 
Rolex have been in the same boat, right? You, you know, if you walked in and tried to ask for any Rolex, you'd laughed out of the shop. Yeah. And times are tighter than they were. Yeah. So, but I still think there's for both Rolex and for Porsche because they're comparable pretty much in terms of an asset. And the approach to buying one is the same. You've mm -hmm. got to make friends with people or have a shit ton of money. Well, that's it. Yeah. Um, I think there's enough of an audience still out there, apart from the GT3, and I think people underestimated how many they're going to release. And they've thrown a ton out, right? So they've come off a bit. But three RSs, they're still drip feeding them out there. There's not, you know, the ones that are on the market are up 350k. So yeah. So there's still there's still overs. There's still a flipping element going on, but. It's just the whole thing stinks. It stinks for Rolex, and I hate it. And you know, I've never paid overs for a Rolex, but it stinks for Porsche as well. And I wish they'd do something about it corporately. And they'll go into it, right because it makes money, you know. But I could get my high horse back. This no, no, no it, it it, it, I don't know how you can. The only way to fix it is to mass produce them. Either that, yeah. or just that have a standing rule that says, you know, but it's just not in their interest. Yeah. Because it keeps the cycle going, they sell more cars, well, and they're so obviously profitable from it. So. I remember reading about Ferrari when I was a kid. Yeah. They, they gen they'd have 500 people on the waiting list for 400... They'd, have, they, they'd always they'd produce one car less yeah. than they had in the order books. Yeah, so yeah. it's always that, oh, I want, I want, Supply I want. Supply and demand, it's yeah. basic economics, mate. And, I, and, I, and especially when it looks like you're going to go into a bear market and you're bound to be a bit cautious, right? You're not going to overproduce. You're always going to you know, just struggle to meet demand and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm sorry, sir, that these things are highly desirable and you really need to have bought 15 take hands to be able to get yeah. one. Um, yeah, it just is. That's, that's the world we live in, mate. Yeah. Capitalism at its best. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to change it. No. Me and you moaning on a podcast. I know, so. I know. I know. It's just, it's just you, you want it to be a bit fairer, don't you? I, um, do you know, even if they did a lottery, right? And every dealer has a list of names, right? They've got, they sell the ones to the people they're not going to sell to, and they have to keep one car back that's unallocated. And there's a, like a, they put all the names in a hat and they draw one person out. So one person, at least one person that's completely not tied into anything gets yeah. a shot at one. Something like that, where at least, you know, the, you've got a chance, right? You've got, you know, Joe down the street has got a chance. But at the moment, there is no chance. So, I don't know, do something, Porsche. <laughs> 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 and you can even turn that into a freaking marketing ploy, you yeah. know. Winner of the week. <laughs> I could do, couldn't could, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. yeah. yeah. And they, 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 I'm sure they're, they're clever enough that they could spin it and make it like they were doing yeah. something altruistic to let some poor schmuck buy his first three RS. Yeah, but you know, I suppose it keeps the um, the want going, doesn't it? The, course, the, the supply yeah. and demand going, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. If they were readily readily available, then you probably wouldn't want one as much, would you? No, of course, um, uh, of course. And again, that's exactly the same yeah. as Rolex. It's starting to come off, the curves coming off, and people are less interested than they were because they can't flip them for make yeah. five six thousand quid overnight. So, but I guess Porsche, you know, people have got the company's got long memory, and you know, mid nineties, they were a failing company, and I think people forget that that's all right. It's thirty odd years ago now, but the Boxster and the Cayenne saved the company, mm -hmm. so. They're obviously, you know, learn the lesson. There's a lot of people that's, you know, we can't go back there again. And if we're arrogant, that's where we'll be. So, you know, there's going to be some some decision like that that's driving it, you know, and it's board driven rather than kind of a small yeah. group of people. But I suppose they're in a weird position now where they've got, oh, God knows how many, 700 take hands on the market now. Mm. 
used take hands. Yeah. They've got ones they haven't sold yet, and yet this year they've got to sell 22% new ones. Um, so what are they going to do with the old ones? I haven't got a clue, mate. They, 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 clearly, they clearly don't want to sell those because they want to sell. They want to sell the new ones. Yeah, but what I mean, the, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know because we're seeing them hit fifty k. Yeah, they're under fifty now. They're under 50. There's, some, there's a couple under fifty k, I think. Which is just, I mean, everything's got a value, right? So it's obvious you and I aren't massive Taycan fans, but what what's the point where suddenly you start sitting up in your chair? But oh, 30, 30 grand for. That's a lot of car for yeah. 30 grand. That's a lot of car for 30 grand. I mean, if I just keep my fingers crossed, the battery doesn't shit itself and I end up with a 20 grand bill. It's got, well, it's got eight year warranty on the battery. And if you're getting into one that's three and a half years old, you've then got, you've got- You've got four and a half years Four left. and a half years yeah. left. So as long as you're playing the short game and you want to get rid of it, and if you have it yeah. for three years and then shift it before, but then you know what's going to happen, mate? Those, the, the values of the seven and a half year old ones will be on the floor because yeah. no if you're risk averse and you know that there isn't a cost effective way of changing the battery out, you're sunk. That car is a Titanic level disaster. Yeah, and, and, and that's why I think they've got the market complete. I see I think this is just Mick. Yeah. Um, I think they should have just not touched the E V market. They've got a VAG group there. You've mm. got Audi, you've yeah. got Cupra, you've got VW, you've yeah. got Seat, you've got Skoda. Let them suck up all the EVs, yeah, and then you're the. Let them do. I the don't know if it's Vag Group or if it's Porsche AG. I don't know at what point yeah. the legislation kicks in that you've got to have a percentage of your cars have got to be EV. So it, I can't but, remember. But who. Lamborghini aren't doing it. Ferrari okay. aren't doing an electric car unless I'm wrong. They're doing hybrids, but hybrids, they're not, yeah, they're not doing not electric. pure EV. So. Um, you can pure Sangway is a hybrid, right? Yeah, uh, it's got yeah, it's got a V8 in it, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I'm sure it's so, got some hybrid system yeah. in it as well, though. But um, but that's not pure EV, though. No, so, no, no. And, and God, <laughs> talking about trying to get three RS pure Sangway is even more uh, difficult to get, aren't they? Are they? Yeah, apparently. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just think I just think they, they should, should let they should let VW. Seat, Cupra, Skoda, mm. Audi suck up all the all the EVs and just left it well alone. Because you're you're right. They're they're a white they're a white good. Their deemed as a white good mm. until they can change that around. So why would someone pay 150k for something they're going to chuck away in a couple of years when you could go to VW and well, the ID3 shit, but <laughs> you could go. Mick <laughs> had an ID3 yeah, and it, it was shit. Yeah, so you could yeah. go to VW. Okay, I got mine for twenty five grand. Yes, you did exceptionally well and yeah. brand new and sold it for thirty five grand. But that was one of those weird you times. Can't, you just bought the right now. Time now they're the forty time. grand. Yeah, for a car that I paid. The pricing strategy is all wrong. Yeah. Um, but you know. But it's like every innovator innovation is that early adopters you pay yeah. all the money for the fact that you're buying new tech, yeah. right? All the money because they've got to get their investment back. They spent so much money pumping into yeah. and energy pumping, you know, all their time, all their technical resource into like how can we develop the EV market and it, you know, it's hard to, to walk away yeah. from something that's not working when you've soaked billions of yeah. euros in. Well, so. and, and if, if I remember rightly, when they were knocking the Taycans out at the beginning, mm. they had to bring all of the Audi engineers across. They stopped the Audi production yeah. of the uh, GT, so yeah. the e-trons. Yeah. Um, and they came all across to fix, to help Porsche out. Mm. So this is what I don't get. Why, why, were they, why was there a rush to get, uh, a t they should have just let the market settle, see yeah. what was going on. 
and and because you can at the moment I believe you can still shift token EV to green tokens around, so you can right, go okay. to you could you could Porsche could go to Tesla and that's where Tesla make a lot of their money. Yeah, because they're pure EV. They sell green tokens. I don't think they make much oh, okay. on the cars themselves. Right, right. But they make money on selling the the idea that they've sold a green car to someone that hasn't sold yeah. a green car, an EV. Yeah, yeah. So no, I mean, you, it, can, it can be done because yeah. Tesla. Look at you know Tesla of what the are they the biggest over Toyota now car manufacturer? They're like they it's definitely up there. BYD is the biggest. BYD. Yeah, yeah. They've just overtaken Tesla. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. Know, who knows where it's going to go? I. What I do know is that there's millions and millions of perfectly good ice cars on the road. That if we can crack the puzzle of making it, yeah. you know, mass-producing um, synthetic fuel that's carbon neutral, or I don't know how you do it, carbon negative across the kind of entire you know creation of it, then you're on a winner, right? Or at least have that balance of offset. The company offsets a load of its yeah. um, O2, uh, CO2, and um, and its production and the actual efficiency of the yeah. car itself. If they can balance all of that out, and it looks better than an EV. Well, I don't understand why you'd keep going with an EV. But I desperately didn't want this podcast to turn into an EV podcast. <laughs> well, we've got we've, we've got a lot of other stuff. In Have we? Oh yeah. my god! We've got a load of other stuff. We are at. One hour, five minutes, got, I've got, listeners, I've got, I've got, dear listener. I've got no more left to speak about. Have oh, you not? No, oh, no. that's a shame. Cause I, I saved the rest for another podcast. No, no, don't worry. It's fine. Yeah. Look, the the yeah, Michael we were, we were, episode. We were going to talk about um, oversized engines, weren't we? Were uh, we? We were going to... We'll do that another day, shall we? We'll do that another day. Because yeah. we were going to talk about, you know, for example, if you wanted to take your Cayman engine out, yes. what would you? Where, where would you take it to? Uh, and what what would you take it up to, for example? You know. Yeah, so. yeah. Let's pick that one another day. What what we have to do? I I cannot leave it that we finish a podcast talking about EVs. No. I will lose the the fifty one percent increase of or fifty three percent increase of listeners in the last month. Yeah. I'll lose that fifty three percent. Dear listener, yeah. I promise I'm yeah. I'm listening to you. Um, yeah, so I, there, I've got one thing that I was going to mention, and, uh, and, and I saw, in fact, a friend of mine reached out and said, I've got 40 grand, 35 to 40 grand to spend on a Porsche sports car. So, right off, because um, I said, it, he was saying it needs to be uh, not totally family, family unfriendly. And I was like, Jesus, you're not leaving me much, mate. So, so not, well, 911's four seats. Yeah, well, that's where we started, yeah. right? I tested the McCann on him. Just said, look, you know, if it does, how practical does it really need to be? Because they've got other stuff. They live in the countryside. Yeah. Um, so we ended up at nine eleven. But what do you get nine eleven wise of forty grand in the UK? Thirty five to forty grand. What the nine nine sevens Gen two is knocking out now? Uh, they're around there. Yeah, yeah. I think I Did worry you... that he thinks that's too old, or would think that was a too old. So I think you probably you might get a nine nine one Carrera base Carrera. Yeah. They must be dropping down, maybe. But I, don't, I just don't know if they've hit. So does he want manual or PDK? Uh, I don't think he's particularly bothered, which I will wring his neck if he gets yeah. a PDK, but... Did the 991 come in, uh, base Carrera come in manual? Was that PDK only, or was that 99... It's 902, generally. 902. Yeah, apart from the T. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, probably, uh, yeah, 991, I think... I th- 
we talked about is, I said, mate, you've got at least driver came in because you got he's got two other cars, right? So the family car they don't need oh, a okay. family car. Yeah. It's like, well, can't you just? And he was like, no, because he had he's, he's driven a Boxster and loved it, but I think he he like lots of people knew either relatively new Porsche. This would be his first one. Still attaches the kind of the, you know everything less than a nine eleven is yeah. the poor man's Porsche. Now, enlightened people like you and I know that that's not strictly true. There is a difference, but they're not. It's, I don't think it's. I think it's a lateral move as opposed yeah. to a one's better than the other. But yeah. So you, you, if the nine nine seven is too old, then the nine nine six is going to be uh, older still. Older yeah. still. And then just this, this, this is the logic, though. And and I again, I've known the guy for twenty seven years or something like that now. So you won't mind me saying, but. He was saying about that. I was like, "What else is on your plate? What other cars are you talking yeah. about at the moment?" And then he was like, "Well, I've really loved my E46M, and I, you know, quite fancy doing like a hopped-up version of one of those." I was like, "Hang on a sec. So a 997 is too old for you, but yeah. you want a 90s, the really 2000s e, E30, E43M car?" Yeah. So I don't know, mate. He talked about Panamera. And that's one of the few cars that I've never been anywhere near a Panamera. It's not for me personally. I'm not sure I could live with one, but and I don't think it would itch the scratch, scratch the itch yeah. of a sports car. I think you'd get in that and be like, okay, uh, it's nice. I don't know. I, can't, I mean, I'd have to drive one first, right? Yeah. If you, if you listener, dear listener, if you have a Panamera and you want to come on the podcast and do your Porsche story and again sell the virtues of how good that car is and whether I'm just being a bit blinded by Porsche sports cars then do that and you can get hold of me info at engineering.com or Insta is probably the best place but yeah I'd be interested to hear from someone with a Panamera I'm just trying to think of the uh, are there any special edition 996s that would be around 35 40k didn't they do a yes they did uh, the was it the four? Sam Fain had one what was it 40 was it 40 or 30, 40 years? Yeah, uh, was it 30 Yara? One of those. Yeah, it was a 30 one, or 35, wasn't it, or something like that, but it was the there's silver. There's a 993 in, in purple, wasn't there, which was a 30, I believe. Correct. So that and then there's a made it the GT Silver. Yeah. So I didn't really, like the chrome wheels on that, the chrome yeah. wheels look shit, but the rest of the car's brilliant. Narrow body, GT Silver, is it, the, is it the X? Fifty pack, X fifty one pack, X fifty one pack, yeah, yeah. So I think that comes with that, doesn't Power it? Pack, so all that stuff, yeah. And it basically was it was a you know wish list of stuff you'd yeah. draw a narrow body car. Brilliant. I think they again when I was thinking about the cars I'd buy, they were on my list. Yeah. I'll ping him it and say, what about buying something that's like a thirty grand one of those? You might get a thirty grand one of those, and having that ten grand back for like throw at a specialist, barn sport for, for yeah. example, and say right. Fix everything that is even remotely off with that car because people haven't invested in it, and then give me a perfect version of one of those that's completely reliable. Yeah. Because I think people attribute older cars with, you know, oh brilliant! Now I've got to go and buy a load of coffin arms, and I've got to go and buy a load of, you know, or I've got to do an RMS, or I've got to do yeah. an IMS, or and actually it's that stuff that wears you down. If you've spent thirty k on a car, the last thing you want to do is then. Go to, go to your first service and just get humped by the fact that you've just got another 10 yeah. grand bill. Because that's what makes Porsche seem like an expensive car to run, is when that happens. Yeah, and I suppose if you know you've got to take the engine out and do all that stuff, because... But if you preempt it, if yeah. you go in knowing it, it's yeah. a different prospect altogether, right? 
Yeah, so while you're there, do the clutch. Do it. Do all the IMS, RMS, yeah. all that all the stuff. That Change all, if it's a PDK, you know, whether it needs it or not, fluid. Yeah. Yeah. What about 996 Turbo? What are they knock, knocking mm. around for? About that. About that, I think, yeah, for a, for a nice one. And I think the C4S, because they basically look like a turbo, didn't they? Yeah. They look so similar that I don't know if they looked special enough. But then that's the turbo's point, right? Is that it's just a missile that looks relatively yeah. normal. Because they're relatively not. low numbers, aren't they? They're, Fairly. I know yeah. 996 was the first mass-produced mm. Porsche, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Whatever that means. And I was talking to Tom Exton the other day, TGE, and he's still really rate. He's got a 997 generation Turbo S in, I can't remember the colour, it's called uh, Macadamia. Yeah, that brownish colour. Oh, nice. Like really, cool, yeah. really cool car. And he's he's like, oh, this, this amazing, mate. It's absolutely amazing. Can't get, I can't get enough of it. Yeah. And he can have whatever he likes. So, because there's quite, you could get those in manual as well, couldn't you? Whereas yeah. now, now you can't get a, can't you can't get a turbo in manual. Now, no, and I think I think he's up for a manual. So I will sell yeah. the idea of a not a resto mod because you wouldn't want to go down. You want to sort of backdate or yeah. anything like that. But but something like a really nice version of a. Slightly older car, especially when you can get PCCM Plus now. Throw it in, you got CarPlay and all that stuff. So. Just come into my mind. What about a, a CSR from RPM? Yes. Any of those knocking around? Uh, that's a great. In fact, that's a great shout. I will, if he's interested in a CSR. I don't think you'd even know what a CSR car is, but I can always have a chat with Lydia at yeah. RPM and see if she can find more for him because she'll know all the customers. So Because they've got the Pasha seats and, Everything. and, and they, they, they look the dog's dangly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they've got like a proper diff in them yeah. and they've had all the time and money yeah. spent on it and someone else has sucked up the yeah. hundred and something thousand quid that they cost back <laughs> in the day. Ducktail. Ducktail. Yeah. They've stopped making those now. Have they? Yeah. They were, I think the last one went up for sale yeah. last week and that was it. They're like, done, not doing anymore. So if you wanted a Ducktail from RPM Technic, no chance, uh. gone. But yeah, good food for thought. I shall get back in touch and say, here's the list that we came up for. Don't know what else there is. Take them along to Simply Porsche. They'll be. That's a good idea. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Take we need to hang out a bit more. June, so. I think I think the dates are out. I think it's June the fourth. Mm. Maybe. There's lots. I'll plug Porsche in the Park again. I'm going to yeah. be doing my first live event at Porsche in the Park. So I'll see if he wants to come to that. The, re the reason I said Simply Porsche is there's about fifteen hundred. Porsches go to that, isn't there? So I know it's not everyone's cup of tea. Oh, look, there's another 911. Uh, oh, look, there's another 911. There's one in red. Yeah. yeah. Way um, to bore your, your other halves to yeah. death. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got my calendar out now. So bear with me. Actually, Beaulieu is a pretty place to be anyway. So, so it, might be, it might be the 2nd picnic. of June. Maybe. So I'll check the, I'll check the Beaulieu website. But. Yeah. Yeah, get them, get them to get them out to see even a Legends Drivers Club thing or yeah. something where you can actually sit in a few cars, yeah. talk to some owners, get some proper feedback rather than internet law that tells you everything's shit and yeah. it's going to cost you a fortune. It's not true. Just don't be an idiot and buy the worst version of that car. Does he want a roof or does he want... Uh, he's got a motorbike. I think he gets his kicks from the roof down and stuff from that. Yeah. He's got two motorbikes, two, three cars. Roof goes down, price goes up. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note <laughs> thank you ever so much for listening uh, to this episode with Mick and I uh, we'll be, I'll be back on uh, Saturday this has been recorded uh, and it'll be out on Thursday next week 
tomorrow, uh, and which will be Thursday, uh, Saturday, Sunday, just gone. My my brain's going now. Um, another episode will be out on uh, your my God, my REM build series on my car, and it's the um, suspension, the KW suspension that Barnesport fitted. So that's out now. So if you head over to YouTube, you can watch that. And that's it for the REM build series. At that point, we're going to be back into all of the Tech Talks Heritage episodes that we were shot in the last sort of 18 months and some of the bigger pieces. So uh, lots to see and do. Um, thank you, Mick, for, for this. I appreciate it. No, thank you, Paul. It saved me a Thursday evening freaking out about what I'm going to talk about. So I <laughs> uh, hope you're enjoying this, listeners. Uh, do, if you get a chance to leave a review, that's much appreciated. And uh, I'll see you very soon. Take care for now. Bye-bye. <laughs>